This is an ABC podcast. Everything hurts, especially my heart. Have I burnt the house down? Is Murphy still alive? That's the dog. Betty is growing up nearly 13 pounds. Mind is so foggy at times, trying to stay awake so I can have my meds. <laughs> That's Jessie. Her experience of pregnancy, up to the moment her son Freddie was born, was just as the baby books portray. And then suddenly, in the days following Freddie's birth, her world turned frighteningly upside down and Jessie was forcibly separated from her son and her partner. Hi, I'm Miyuki Ranta, and in this earshot, we open a window onto the little-known experience of postpartum psychosis, a mental health condition that affects new mothers. Not to be confused with postnatal depression, postpartum psychosis is a rare but potentially devastating condition that affects one to two women in every 1,000 births, here in Australia and in the UK. Today we'll hear from Jessie, Amy and Fiona, three British mothers whose lives were profoundly impacted following childbirth. Here's A Mother's Mind. I can't quite remember. I guess what I did was open up the skylight, hop up on there, onto the bath, pulled myself up here, and then through there, and then scrambled up to the top and four across. And it was a really, really beautiful day. I remember that. And I, and I felt like I was just completely in the moment high on drugs or something and then jumped off there's a poem that I wrote and it's any it, I don't know if it was at Lucas or it just says you um let me find it Oh, this is it. So this was the 21st of March, 2008. So I'd had Lucas in the December 2007. So this is like four, three, four months in. Um, so I think here, I was probably quite in the midst of like a depression. Maybe the psychosis had kind of shifted. Um, slowly it descends, a black cloud, a dark day. Guilty feelings, feelings of hate. I cut to feel, you don't understand, you judge. What am I? Who am I? I look at you, peacefully sleeping, innocently unaware of what you've done, blissfully ignorant, unleashed a monster, changed my life. Really dark? Because I feel like I'm very deep in some of these, this, you know, the things I write and the questions I ask and my little poems. So I'm Ross, I'm Jess's partner, uh, and Archie's dad. Just to remember at one point, someone being like, oh, she's got postpartum psychosis. Don't go home and Google it. And so obviously, like, this is exactly the first thing you do. And it's just, like, obviously, the first thing will come up will be, like, terrible, you know, people killing themselves with a baby and stuff, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> So 
So the point of me saying to Freddie, we need to be really quiet today when we do this, because mummy has got to talk about something important and he's now wearing an Avengers mask. <laughs> Is that the quietest toy you can find? <laughs> Freddie, Freddie. Actually, I drove past the hospital, the mother and baby unit, where I was at three years ago, the other day, and it really struck me in that moment, you know, what I'd been through, and it's almost like it's become just a story, and, and like it almost didn't happen to me, but... And it's all to do with the chemicals, the extreme hormonal reaction. It was huge what happened. <laughs> Yeah, big dogs, they're crazy, aren't they? My name's Amy, I've had postpartum psychosis twice, 2007 and 2014. I've been through it with her twice. <laughs> I'm Amy's mother, Desney. I'll be there again if she needs me. <laughs> Unplanned pregnancy, I kept secret for five months from mum. There's a lot of crying. Yeah, there is. And you and I told you. Well, 11 years ago. 11, now. almost 11 years. But yeah, no mental health was there in no, the family, no nothing. It's been the longest winter without... Deep down, I really thought mental health problems were something that the person brought about themselves. A friend of mine who was quite concerned about me came with me to the midwife and it was there that I broke down. Thought about my legs. Look at her. At her legs. She's got the audacity to swim around this ward. <laughs> I was advised not to tell people about what happened to me because it was too shocking for new mums to hear. I cut myself and my head. I felt like it would let everything out of my body. You'd just be like jumping about. You can't hide from your own brain. Stayed up all night cleaning the house. Adverts, these about me, aren't they? Sort of a bit manic. You just got a bit obsessive. The news, I've done that. I genuinely felt nothing. Leona Lewis was sending me messages through the CD. <laughs> these voices are saying you need to do it. It was just awful to be in this fog of delusion. So looking on my notes, like it says that I have had postnatal depression. That wasn't what it was. It was postpartum psychosis and it was really severe, but the midwife did the right thing in getting me back to hospital. So all these voices became so overwhelming. It was like a washing up bowl, like overfilling. Yeah, very like hypnotic, I think, for Scary, anyone who's ever heard voices like that kind of... That kind of hmm. taunting. It was almost like I was exhausted because I was trying to fight them off. Arguing with another self. Uh, yeah, arguing with someone else who was constantly in your head. And actually, that's really draining. For six weeks doing that, it's exhausting. I remember going to hospital, but then a two-week blank. I don't really remember very much of what was going on. Well, at first you were in the... They just readmitted you to the... Is it called neonato? Maternity ward. Yeah. Postnatal ward. And then they realised that you couldn't stay there. They sectioned me, and so I went to a, um, it's a triage unit at the hospital. It's on like a two-door security system. So like buzzed in, then you're in like a holding bit, and then you, they work out who you are, and then they buzz you in again. It's a bit like a prison, so you get rooms. Everything's built in that way where you can't 
nothing's got an edge like everything's drilled to the wall you know like I remember being in that unit in Lewisham and just thinking oh, I really don't want to leave you but also at the same time I really want to get out of here If they could have kept me together with Archie during that time, maybe I wouldn't have been quite so bad, but I, I don't know. So. It's hard though, because you were so, at the same time, like you were just so off the rails, it's like, didn't feel safe. Well, I'm pregnant again. I can't quite believe it, but I'm, I'm heading into the jaws of the dragon again and this one's doing it past all its tests it's doing really well at the moment i'm weirdly calmer than i was in my first pregnancy whether it will happen again i don't know we'll see watch this space so we were walking and it was the first time we'd been out wasn't it first time in his pram wasn't it and there was a woman she said oh your baby's lovely it's, i could take him home with me mm. and i remember thinking Oh, she's going to take me baby. She wants to take me baby. And it kind of started from that. I think she'd said, oh, just steal him. Or yeah. Something, she? And that sort of sort of stemmed, stemmed the thing. You know, you Not thought, just oh. that. I think it was just like, that was one of the, just irrational, irrational things. Shall I lock them in the kitchen? Oh, 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 oh. You don't do that. No, okay. Get down. Okay. Get down now. Oh. Right. Oh. Move away now. The voices continue to take over and I find it difficult to understand what's being said at times. I cannot make sense of my thoughts, they're all filled with lots of confusion. Everything hurts, especially my heart. Have I burnt the house down? Is Murphy still alive? That's the dog. Betty is growing up at nearly £13. Mum is great and having three months off work. Missing my Murphy. Mind is so foggy at times, trying to stay awake so I can have my meds. <laughs> so after that time, that's when I went to the mother and baby unit at the Bethlehem. So that's a place where you're with your baby. Yeah, so I had a bed there for three months. I had my daughter early. She was born at 31 weeks. And four days after she was born, I started to show some unusual signs. I, I wasn't sleeping. I was endlessly writing notes about her and how wonderful she was. And I held her for the first time and I had a kind of euphoric reaction to it. And then when I came back downstairs, I was speaking to my husband and saying, talking about an experiment, the experiment that they were doing, which sort of slightly rang alarm bells for him, but he just thought I was desperately tired. After that moment of holding her, I started having what I can only describe as sort of racing thoughts. So it was like two thoughts going on at the same time. And the next day, my friend, my best friend, Amy, came to see me at hospital and I said, I'm going to discharge myself. Amy just thought I was, again, desperately tired. And, and all the way home, I was talking a mile a minute. And when I got home my friend went out to get me a breast pump and I remember feeling just for the first time totally relaxed it was just so wonderful to be home just the sense the feeling of the carpet under my feet was so relaxing and I lay down and um, a kind of mania came over me it just flipped something in my brain and I 
wrote on the walls. So I wrote that the hospital sent me mad. And I wrote a suicide note. And I, you know, given I just had a C-section, I hauled myself up onto the roof of my house here. I was absolutely, I was high. I was ecstatic. And did she tell you she wanted to try and kill me last night? They're like, oh, should we get the psychiatrist to come and have a word with you? And they were like, oh, yes, I think you need to start some antipsychotics. I was like, oh. We're just popping round to the, uh, to the people's home. Oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> see you in a minute, I've got my key. You see, that's the roof up there. So I, I went up through our skylight there and along, along the roof. There I was, with up my there. boobs out. Should we pop round and see if they'll say hello? Been here for three weeks under Section 2 of the Mental Health Act following a relapse in my mental health. And then I've got when Freddie was born, how much he weighs. He weighed 11 pound two ounces on the 10th of November. So that was probably three weeks after I'd been, yeah, three weeks after I'd been admitted. I wrote like a little checklist to myself because I didn't know who I was. So I thought all my life was false. It says like I have, you have a dog named Murphy and a rabbit called Buzz. Um, and two beautiful boys, Lucas and Freddie, the most wonderful parents and sister. This makes me sad. <laughs> Um find it very difficult to adjust to being here again. However, this time I've moved from a bedroom to the flat where it is quieter, although I feel a bit isolated. I wish my family could stay with me the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because he's crying when they go. God, this makes me sad, like, thinking back to, like, lonely and Lucas. I missed him so much. Like, that was horrible. And then I think he makes me feel a bit guilty, like, thinking... Like, I was horrible about being a mum, and then, yeah, yeah, reading this, it's like, oh, God. Mm, yeah, that was it. That was the the hardest bit, because he was six, and he didn't know where I was or what was going on, and, yeah. 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 <laughs> Oof. Don't know where that came from. I threw myself off the roof of, of my house, thankfully into a greenhouse at the end of the terrace, which belongs to a, a kind of old people's home. Oh, I was topless at this point, and they were having some sort of garden party in the old people's home. There's, there's a lot of like quite stark comedy that came out of this as well, in a way. And I realised I hadn't died. I fractured my spine in a few places. Somebody pulled me out of the greenhouse. I, I brandished a garden fork. I leapt over a fence. I tripped over something. By this time, an ambulance had arrived and they, they'd pinned me down. You're extremely strong when you have psychosis. And then they sedated me. I actually woke up in the MRI scanner. So I thought I'd gone to heaven. And then I don't really remember much after that because well, I for died week, for a week. Yeah. I thought I died. She thought she was dead. She, we, we'd come to lay her out or come to say goodbye. So but there was a sheet over my face. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in darkness. It was, oh. You just walked around like a zombie. Your boobs were down the, here. No <laughs> bra on. Hair everywhere. I was like something out like The Walking Dead. Like I, remember. I mean, I cry all the way home. 
you know, so it's, it's... I cry when you leave. You know, I used to remember I used to drive home and most of the time I'd just cry all the way home or I'd ring my mum and my mum would talk to me all the way home until I got into the driveway. She's worried about me getting there and I could put all my anxieties on her, <laughs> you know, so I don't know if she put all hers on. Then dreading to go in again the next day, but looking forward to it at the same time. Because obviously, because I was there most days all day, wasn't I really? Because I had to go back to work. Because she's your little girl again. She's not like a mum. She's your little girl again. And it's, to bath me. It's, it's, it is. It's just scary to watch someone you love go through something like that. After recovering from my physical injuries in hospital, I'm very lucky that, you know, I was in a wheelchair at first. I was very lucky that I could walk again. I was sent home. And a week after being sent home, I had another milder episode and was admitted to a a psychiatric unit, which was terrifying. Really, really scary. But thankfully, they still let me see my daughter. So luckily, she was still in the high dependency unit because I I can't even think about what would have happened if she had been in the house with me. I, I I can't think of it. Then I was given a place at a mother and baby unit and they're fabulous places. And I just couldn't wait for my daughter to join me. I had two weeks on the mother and baby unit. I'd be in to see her every day. The day after she joined me, my postnatal depression kicked in. That was just horrendous. I kept a notebook. They advised me to keep a notebook of how I was feeling. And on my lowest day, I I just wrote, I can't go on like this. It was such a dark time of my life. I'd come out of my room, I'd look down the corridor, I'd see her being looked after by the nurses there and I'd just walk, I'd go back into my room. I couldn't, I couldn't look her in the eyes, couldn't hold her sometimes, couldn't change her nappy. I had two sides to the back of the book, wow. Nasty, nasty bitch, I'm not a safe, I'm not safe with my poorly mind. Amy is a horrible, selfish, fat, ugly, nasty bitch. Amy is bad, she makes other people sad. Why do I hate myself? Then there's a little arrow and it says, because you're depressed. So I know the answers. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, feel like I'm conning people when I'm happy. I think that's a common thing, isn't it, with people that are depressed, you know. You don't know. So this was the the negative side, and then this was the positive side. So this was all about trying to be a more positive person. So I had lots of little things like respect yourself and being honest and talking about your feelings and Amy is a good person I will get through this and I'm stronger than this and I think that was the motto of and then the fog is clearing I think that was a massive thing like when you're coming out of that unwellness that it just gets a bit brighter and that sounds so cliche <laughs> and I see when I've spoke about it I hear myself saying it, I think oh god she goes again with this sunshine it, it's so true like it is so foggy and dark when you're unwell that when you come out of it you're like oh god so that depression i came out of it within about two weeks and the real recovery started to happen i suppose when i came home it took me a good year to to recover from everything and fr- from the anxiety mostly and the the guilt at not not loving her enough. So yeah, crazy. So my plan, my parenting plan, one staff to take Freddie to see mum between the times of 10 and 5. So I think that kind of indicates how poorly I was because 
he wasn't with me and they'd just bring him down like throughout the day. Yeah. So I had a member of staff with me all the time, which is really weird. Gosh, it was a, such a horrible time for everybody. We're in the ancient woodland. It's got huge old trees and it's autumn, so the leaves are just turning. And then you can see the Betham, the mother and baby unit is just here on the left. It's, it's interesting, I've, I've been back a couple of times um, since I was here as a patient and we'd go for a walk around the grounds together. It's got a really beautiful tree outside that's absolutely gorgeous colour with the leaves that are turning. It's actually pretty nice being back here, got really fond memories. So it was the, the point where I was reunited with my baby, where we got to be um, for the first a few months of his life. There's a little side road off here to the right which we can go in, and then you get into the fields. The sad bits are really sad but like in a weird way I kind of think about it like fondly especially at the Bethlehem it's just it's so beautiful like the setting is so beautiful the staff were just incredible like it's just I feel like I do I feel like really privileged to have seen some of it <laughs> like, it definitely changed how I think about stuff <laughs> we don't really ever talk about it I think that motherhood has changed me so much anyway that postpartum psychosis is and my illness is is was part of that story but the story is, is so much bigger and so much good has come from that time I had a baby and it's the most exciting thing in the world and coming here to the bathroom today does bring back memories but it doesn't necessarily bring back memories of just the postpartum psychosis it brings back lots of memories about the first few months of my baby's life and and our time together I mean my husband would have for, for a good year would have to tell me every day that I was a good mum and when somebody says to me now you know like a, um it makes me cry actually. <laughs> a woman on the bus the other day just said to me what a wonderful mum you are and I thought Oh, it means the world to me, you know, to be told I'm a wonderful mum. And I know I am as well. <laughs> it sounds really arrogant, but I am. And and most people would have no idea what I've gone through. It gives me great pleasure to, to love my daughter again. It's the greatest pleasure on earth. So, so everything else drifts into insignificance, really, when you've lacked that love and then it comes back. It's a wonderful thing. Sorry. <laughs> you know, by being ill, in, yeah. when you were better, you sort of empowered you a little bit. I think, and that's what I say when people say, like, oh, God, it was awful what you went through. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's given me such a sense of who I am, you know, what I want out of life, and... But also, like, to be able to 
just speak to someone and say, you know what, I know how that feels because I've been there, you know, because you can get better. It's just, it's hard sometimes. All I used to write was like planning to run away somewhere and probably end my life, you know, and that's really sad. That would have been sad for everybody, most importantly, Lucas. For me, I do, I do feel grateful for this experience. It's opened my eyes up to mental health in a way that I, I just hadn't thought about before. And I think also in terms of our relationship, my relationship with Ross and my family. So I think that it's also a positive thing for Archie. Well, now we talk about it, it's like, well, you know, you and Freddie, we've all been there and stayed in the hospital when we've been poorly. He's like, you had a poorly brain, didn't you? But it's OK now. I think that's is literally what it is. It's important he knows. You can't help it. It's something that can't be helped, exactly. And this, that's life, you know. Mental health is a big part of life. And mm-hmm. I've met so many amazing women. They only have one child because they could not go through that again. And that makes me really sad. It's really sad for people. Because it's not as bad the second time. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I feel like I was more psychotic, but actually recovery time was much quicker. This time hit her like a train. I always say it sort of hit, the other one sort of slowly crept up. This last one hit her like a train. So it's actually an arms house, I think. Uh, use the middle gate. Hello there, um, my name's Fiona. I was involved in an accident here about three years ago and I wondered if, if I might be able to pop in and just have a quick chat to you. Yeah, you can do, yeah. Thank you. Just push the gate, Thanks. Hello there. Uh, you might have heard about me. I, I um, jumped through a greenhouse. Oh, <laughs> yes, I do know. Nice yes. to meet you. All right, yeah. Hello. Um, basically, the greenhouse was a bit of a mess and there was a lot of blood and everything else all oh. over the place. That's a different greenhouse, or is it the same? No, no, it was a different greenhouse. Yeah. Place all, all under Do I owe you some money for that? No, it's all under insurance. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 30th of the 3rd, 2015. Still at home, surviving. Medication has been reduced and I am doing well. Getting over uh, recovering from maternal mental illness has been it's been one of the proudest achievements of my life and and I'm still amazed that I got over it I don't know quite how it happened I don't know when it happened it was sort of imperceptible and and I just slowly got better and it's certainly you know changed me massively as a person and I think the last time I wrote in here is um yeah here I'm realising I don't need to find Amy. I know who I am. I'm quite okay with her at this moment in time. It's been a journey. Hi! Come on in. Cold out there. It's alright. <laughs> this is the, the boy. Here he is. <laughs> a hiccup. <laughs> He's smiling. <laughs> Sort of, it, the whole thing has been an all-round better experience than the one before. <laughs> Couldn't really get much worse. 
So, oh, <laughs> bless you. Uh, <laughs> some attention. Um, they, the, the, initially, they couldn't. We could. I couldn't meet him because I was under a general. So, um, I think it was that night after having him that morning. I was getting quite low because and an anaesthetist picked up on it and um, he brought him through to me. It was a bit of a kind of maverick thing to do. I don't think they were supposed to because he was on oxygen. He wasn't breathing too well. And um, they put him on me and both of our heart rates were being monitored and both of our heart rates were going down. And my husband was there going, that's the bond, there it is right there. And that was a very special moment. Yeah, and, and here we are and um, he is three months old now. And, you know, we're just getting to know each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> a Mother's Mind was produced by Alan Hall. The programme is a Falling Tree production, first broadcast on BBC Radio 4. And if you or anyone you know has been affected by what you heard today, you can always call Lifeline on 13 11 14. I'm Miyuki Okiranta, and I'll catch you next time with more Earshot. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.